And now we're sitting down with Sneva O'Flynn from the IFI to talk about the uh, Documentary Film Festival. Sneva, hello. Good afternoon. Um, so tell us a bit about the, the Irish interest in the Documentary Film Festival. Right, well, um, as you probably noticed, we've renamed the festival. We're the IFI Documentary Festival mm-hmm. this year. And uh, it's, it's an exciting year for us. Um, the Irish content this year is really strong and really varied. Good. So it's not just a, a series of Irish feature films, but there's yeah. shorts and there's restorations and there's uh, workshops and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a lot to look forward to. Any particular favourites of yours in the, the lineup? Well, I must admit, because of where I've come from after decades, uh, I'm very excited about Bargaintown, uh, okay. the documentary that we've been involved in the restoration mm-hmm. of uh, with the Goethe Institute. Um, it's a documentary made by a then young filmmaker, David Jazze. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name <laughs> properly, um, but a German filmmaker who was here in 1988. And he was very smitten with Dublin, with Dublin Keys particularly. Mm-hmm. And he made this uh, beautiful documentary along the keys um, which is a very um, kind of quietly paced reflective kind of observational piece okay. um, where he films the the keys before the Celtic Tiger takes yeah, hold yeah. so before any kind of redevelopments have happened um, and not only is he taken with the look of it but he's very taken with the inhabitants so there's some terrific interviews with um tradespeople with, with fellows who own shops and barbers and barmen and uh, it really uh, captures a kind of Dublin that perhaps could only have been made by an outsider by by a German mm, you know very yeah. often you have that nice objectivity uh, not just a German Johnson you're looking confused no, 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 <laughs> I, I, I think um, it, it sounds like it's, it's capturing a very specific time of the kind of um, I, I don't know you get people talking about like good old days or rare old times or something there's something about Dublin in the 80s where it's kind of does seem very specific and it's it's the other side of the Celtic Tiger for us so uh, like I suppose in terms of the restoration of it like had it ever been screened before this or was it kind of lost for years and something I haven't found or... Do you know it hasn't been screened in Dublin before uh, it was screened at the Cork Film Festival back in 88 I believe and oh. um, we had in the archive a crummy old VHS copy for years I'm not quite sure where it came from um, but uh, David Jesse visited Dublin last year with um, a view to he's, he's looking to establish a, a photographic exhibition here because he is a photographer and at that point I managed to trace him I had for many years wondered who was this young man and so traced him um, as a result of his visit last year and he unearthed a 16 mil print from his own between his archives and the archives in the uh, German film archive in Berlin I believe and there was elements in the film school in music Munich Um, so those elements have been combined and restored in Germany. So yeah, it, it was pretty much lost, um, and it isn't it isn't kind of warm, fuzzy, nostalgic about <laughs> that period. Um, you know, within it, there's a lot of um, dark notes struck by the interviewees who who understand that the keys are falling down around their ears. They're in a state of disrepair, and they, with great prescience, they're kind of anticipating that it will be developed, but perhaps not in the way it has done. So I think it'll be really interesting for. People, as you know, most Dubliners are familiar with what has happened, but for architects and social historians and so on, I think it's going to be particularly interesting. What's um, fun, I think, for young hipsters like us all um, is... (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Is the fact that there's quite prolonged sequences shot within the working men's club. 
um, okay. which is now so hip, but then was indeed a working mm, man's club. Yeah. So there's um, there's a, a blues singer. Uh, there's there's a great talent competition there where you know the locals, the members of the club, come together and, and perform and sing and dance. And it's just it's it's really interesting to see where the club has come from. Um, and we, we'll, of course, make efforts not just to attract the hipsters in, but to the people. The Working Men's Club, I believe, has moved across the river to the to South Lots, I think. So we must let the, those people know. Yeah. yeah, certainly. I mean, I think a younger audience could possibly see, like, you know, the, the sense of dissonance of seeing Dublin and seeing it slightly different. I think particularly Workmen's Club to see the same building, but a different use could be cool. I also yeah. imagine uh, you'd probably get an older audience in. I'm, I'm wondering at the screening how many of the interview subjects are going to show up and you know talk at it i imagine some of them would be like oh yeah i remember being in that like it would would have been like 30 20 something years ago now and it's just it's amazing it's been brought back to dublin i suppose isn't it yeah yeah no i think it'll be great fun to to, and to to make efforts like you say to bring in the people who are in it or perhaps relatives of the people who are in it um, and not just the people who now are familiar with the workman's club um in its current um version Mm. Yeah, so come on down to Bargaintown. If um, is that a deliberate reference the filmmaker was making, like the Bargaintown hands? Or... Yeah, um, the, 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 you do see Bargaintown, um, which okay. is still there. Um, uh, hurry on down to Bargaintown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we must. Yeah, we'll, we'll make use of that somehow. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Bargaintown. No, 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 no. That'd be lovely. But... Mm. So yeah, that is that. That for me is something that I, I'm particularly the highlight, yeah, yeah um, interested in. But but there's many more highlights. Ask me more. Ask me about other stuff. <laughs> well, yes, please tell us about the other Irish films that are showing there. Okay, well the uh, from the old to the brand new, mm. um, and and just it will be hot off the presses. Um, Dervla Glynn's new documentary, uh, feature length documentary about the war in the Congo, uh, will be a really Probably difficult, um, dark, uh, troubling um, piece about the war in Congo and particularly about the effect on women in the Congo. There's been a very high incidence of rape and sexual Mm. violence as a tool of the war there in eastern Congo. But she is revisiting territory that she has um, encountered before in her short documentaries. Um, So she's going back to to make a more um, profound piece, or or, sorry, with with deeper investigation into the causes and the effects of of the war and and rape in eastern Congo. So Dervla, she is actually in the process of completing the film. Um, so it will be it's 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 world premiere um, on, oh, wow, on this okay, Saturday. Yeah. So it's it's I mean, th- there is no there is no lack of confidence in what mm. she will produce. She's a very fine, very um, responsible, very ethical filmmaker. And her work has her work on similar territory has already um, secured awards in the Irish Council for Civil, Civil Liberties um, Awards um, on two occasions. So it'll be ve- very interesting to see this longer form mm, work um, mm. that, that she has produced for um, for 2015. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. Well, I think it will be very illuminating. And mm. um, the fact that she has, I mean, personally, very bravely gone into the war zone. Yeah. Um, as, and I think... You know, as as a woman with with a handheld camera, um, technology allows people mm. to get into places that they probably wouldn't have done before with a certain discretion. And I think she, it will be very interesting to hear her talk about uh, her 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 practice and her how she has gained access to not only the women but the men mm. who have perpetrated these crimes upon the women. So that has been one of her focuses to to look at the young men who themselves are kind of victims of war. They're they're kind of very young men who would have been. Uh, 
enlisted at a very young age and how they are reacting to you know war crisis i think yeah. is going to be particularly interesting uh so another film caught my eye called turning tide want to tell us about that one yeah, Turning Tide is a film made by uh, a French filmmaker, but Irish-based, uh, Loic Jordan. And uh, Loic has made this film over many years uh, in Inish Bofina, in Inish Boffin in Donegal. Um, so he's a person who became aware of the uh, challenge to small fishermen um, by European legislation that was insisting that, that, that they couldn't fish in particular mm. territories, they couldn't fish for particular kinds of fish. So it's this documentary follows uh, the campaign that is instigated by these um, small fishermen uh, to to change European law so that they are allowed to, to fish in their own territories. So it's one of those documentaries that um, is in service to its subjects. It's, it's yeah. helping them to communicate their message. Um, it... With this screening, um, we will be bringing in politicians who would be potentially instrumental in uh, changing the law or having a voice in, in seeing that the law would be changed and would be brought along in the campaign mm. to make changes. So this is a, it's, it's a really important one. And this is you know a particular kind of documentary um, that I, I suppose has resonance beyond you know consciousness changing of an yeah, audience but yeah. it has a very kind of direct and um, political um implication potentially uh, when when we curate the appropriate q a after you have politicians in you have the director in and and the fishermen will be there as mm. well so it's going to be an important one it sounds very unusual actually having in politicians after a screen like that it sounds interesting yeah yeah um and the film itself is um fascinating you know mm. it, it, it it i guess it's following traditions where you have um a, a person who you are entirely empathetic towards you know you see their plight you see the changing way of life you see modernity is impacting on tradition and um, and you're all the time rooting for and um, th- these fishermen who who really just want the the, the right to continue their livelihoods yeah. so it's it's a great film and really finely observed as i say over a long period so it's one with with great integrity strength but also great heart and humanity mm. so it's it's one i'd i'd highly recommend it sounds reminiscent of the pipe as well in dealing with west of ireland and as, as well, the whole conflict between modernity and tradition in west of ireland probably comes up a lot in uh, literature but and sort of fictional work but in terms of documentary I suppose that, that there are stories being told and I mean I think th- this one seems to have the angle of looking at EU politics and try, like how does that impact people sort of living on like figuratively and geographically the periphery of Europe so um, I'm, I'm wondering how the French director got involved with that. did you say the French director is, has been based here for years yes or? yeah no okay. he had been living here and, and um, became interested in in the plight of these people who were his neighbours. Yeah. So, um, you know, he, he began the, the process of, uh, I suppose, helping them out to some extent by, by recording their, their story and by shaping it into this narrative that now has, you know, a theatrical um, presence and will ultimately will be broadcast on television so will reach, you know, a very wide audience. Yeah, well, it sounds good. And it sounds like the talk afterwards would be especially lively mm, then because yeah. it's dealing with very important issues. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be a good event to go to, I think. Yeah. The the short films, um, okay, yeah. I, you know, th- this is the second year when we will be premiering uh, the reality bites. So yeah. uh, the the short films that are resultant from the Irish Film Board's uh, reality bite scheme. So these are um, 
generously um, supported documentaries and we have two this year mm-hmm. um, Katie Lincoln's um, 45 which is about a card game uh, in the, the southeast of Ireland that has been running for many years so um, we look forward to seeing uh, Katie's recording of that which you know I'm sure, I've am i no doubt will be a kind of very warm piece about um, a small rural community Niamh Heary's uh, Displaced um, is the second reality bite, um, which is about disconnection and a, a range of people and their sense of being displaced from home and family. Mm. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I, I understand that Neve has, has found different a range of different perspectives on the notion of being displaced. Um, so that will be, you know, it's we're, we're very excited to be hosting the premiere of Reality Bites. Um, so these will then be complemented by a series of five short films that are independent works um, and they include live action and animation. Um, I'm reminding myself here of what we have there. We have Anne-Marie Barry's No Mean City, which is a, a very uh, elegant piece um, about uh, a dystopian vision of architecture and loss and um, Anne-Marie is certainly one to watch this would be um, not her, her first um, mm. short by any means um, so she she is a very um, considered very very interesting young filmmaker um, I'll, I'll nip through them all if I may the, the, yeah, the others um, Cara Holmes our Gemma is uh, about a young woman a young lesbian stand-up comedian in Northern Ireland and uh, it's it's a fine piece of portraiture um, wherein there's a lot of kind of issues dealt with um, but, but with a very kind of light touch mm, um, yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of humour in it obviously she's a comedian um, <laughs> uh, but also in the filmmaking and in the relationships she has with, with family and the grandmother and and with her audience and so on so it's 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 a really interesting piece um Sinead McDevitt's uh Ballsy is uh, a film made in Australia Sinead McDevitt is an Irish woman living in Australia and she's made this very uplifting documentary about uh, a man who contracts testicular cancer and how he um deals with that Sarah Clark uh, is a young graduate of Dunleary and I think this is her graduate piece Paper Planes and it's one I guess of a new breed of uh, animated documentaries where um, a a documentary record whether it is a letter or a recording um, is um, animated through Mm. animation so she does a really really good job in taking her grandfather's reminiscences about World War II and illustrating them through animation and it's of course there's there's a lot of affection in there and you know you're you're kind of conscious of her relationship with her grandfather and this kind of gift she's giving to him and that she's reanimating his mm. what otherwise might be just kind of an elderly man's reminiscence and suddenly they're brought to life it's, yeah, it's a fine job and then Fallen Bird is Deirdre Mullins and Nathan Fagan's uh, documentary another portrait of a young man who has had his ups and downs in life and um He's had difficult times and he's done time um, and now he's finding himself and new ways to express himself through through art. So um, it's it's another fine piece of work. 
Um, so it's it's a really strong program, and the shorts program has been curated by my colleague Michael Ryan, who looks after shorts programming in the IFI. And do you happen to know how he went about programming it? Like, was there was it something about the subject matter, or did they find a visually interesting approach to it, or did you know what the thinking was behind that? Because I mean, that sounds like a very interesting selection of shorts. It is, and um, I, I mean, I guess that we we put out a call for submissions, and there was, I believe, forty around wow. forty short films were submitted, and um, I mean. Michael looked through them all and I i mean he would better speak for himself on the selection process but you know the, these final choices um, to some extent um, they're about the programme and they're about you know being aware of what would constitute a, a programme that might not be repetitive or might have yeah. different points of view but also it's you know this is really fine work this is strong work this is work that that shows documentary practice at you know at, at mm. currently at, at a really interesting place so uh, there was something that stood out about it to me as well, and I mean, it shouldn't be a thing that stands out, but... I think uh, I know what you're going to say, and I have to tell yes, the same thing. These, these are all female yeah. directors. They're women. Apart from, apart from <laughs> Nathan, <laughs> Nathan Fagan is the token male on this thing. So it's, it's but not even just the shorts, so like even the other films you've talked about so far, it did occur to me that like, given like recent discussions that have happened around Irish cinema, like it's quite encouraging to see that many female directors um, mm. Maybe being showcased like this. Maybe there should be some kind this. of panel or talk during this festival about this top... Wait a minute! What an interesting segue. <laughs> um, no, you, you, sorry, you're right on that. That is um, was not um, a factor in in Michael's program. We did talk about this, and mm. we didn't. I didn't, as a woman, say to him, "You must program some women, which will complement our women in film and television." But, but nor did you say, "Oh, come on, give the guys one film on it," because like you didn't need to. You had a fi- there was a good selection. There was of a good selection. So. Yeah, there were good strong selection, and mm. um, they happened to be all women. And yes, I think reasons why, um, I mean, might be explored in the women in television panel um, which is happening on the Saturday morning at 11 not reasons why this program contains women but why women perhaps are finding their feet or finding uh, themselves in the role of director more often with documentary than with feature films so this Mm. um, panel will look at those things and another really interesting event um, is the uh, Ryark Restored so um, here we have an opportunity to showcase work that has been undertaken over the past year or so where um, the Ryark production team, who you'll be aware of, Ryark, who mm. um, produced over 400 documentaries between 1962 and 1996 um, for television. Um, the Ryark team of priests made these uh, these documentaries about faith issues and, and about Irish society and about social injustice internationally. So the Ryark team have been working with uh, the Irish Film Archive um, and with um, Screen Scene and to some extent with the RTE to bring together elements of those early uh, Ryark films and to restore them. So they, they've been undergoing a very kind of meticulous um restoration process so taking the original 16 millimeter elements with often with separate magnetic sound and marrying them and creating new digital copies and and the digital copies then will be of a form that is suitable for long-term preservation so what this workshop is about is showing before and after Mm. it's there will be to some extent there will be talking about the Ryark um story which is always fascinating there'll be techie talk um from (laughs) colleagues and people in screen scene and also then i think quite interestingly for filmmakers there will be um somebody from the bai who funded this project uh, will be talking about the bai archiving scheme so i think that's of interest to anybody really who's producing work and who is 
concerned about uh, how this material should be preserved. So it's not just about, you know, people who are dealing with, uh, you know, full national archives or people yeah, who might yeah. have personal archives, um, whether they're production companies or, or people who have some responsibility for the moving image. I think this will be of value to them too. Yeah, not just the history of film, but I suppose going forward, how is it preserved? So like if, if digital preservation becomes more of a thing, like how reliable will that be uh, versus will there still be some physical methods of preservation so I suppose this all be uh, gone into in the Riot Talk it will it will and my colleagues in the Irish Film Archive have been of course grappling with these issues for many years now and you know anticipating changes and, and future proofing the collections that might have originated on film um, and also that are, are born digital so, so materials that are being created on, on digital and how they are going to ensure their survival for future generations Great. and I mean I suppose it's, it's worth pointing out like do come to this festival but from what I understand the IFI do regularly screen uh, films from the archive you'll have some kind of lunchtime screening of like these short films and they're like funny little documents of just uh, how stuff was reported on at the time or little documents as um sort of shown on a regular basis in the IFI yep. from my understand, yeah? Yeah, um, we, every month we, we have a new programme of Archive at Lunchtime and they would be uh, two or four programmes of films. Some of them are funny little documentaries, some of them aren't so funny. Um, <laughs> they, they they tend to be themed, um, sometimes they're, they're uh, chiming in with something else in the programme um, coming, is, so actually during September we will be showing those restored films in their entirety great. Uh, in that slot and those slots are free to the public so they're mm. great we during the in the summer they're daily but from September onwards they'll be Mondays Wednesdays and double bills Saturday um, so there's that is is a window on the archive that uh, we enjoy inviting people in to, to see and they're kind of unmediated to some extent you know we, we, we don't introduce them people encounter the, the, the films as we do to some extent you know they walk into a darkened cinema and, and they they see what's uh, unspooling there before them it's it's a nice you discover series. something you know yeah yeah um, and yeah I mean this month's our travelogues they're the little tourist films so August has been kind of lighthearted, <laughs> but next month is less so and uh, you know it's, it's a great little series on the Friday, I think any any of um, your listeners may well be interested in our industry day on Friday. So we're, we're fine tuning the panels there, but it traditionally is a day where um, we invite you know our guests who may be coming in for the festival so people who are established documentary makers will will have an opportunity to, to speak with audiences but also we will be bringing in um commissioners and film festival um programmers um and and established producers and directors here to talk to to their peers or to m- maybe younger filmmakers mm. who are just starting in the game so, so, so is this about specifically getting into documentary uh, production uh, yes it would be yeah okay. yeah so um the there are a number of interesting issues that are going to be teased out there. Um, there will be sessions where we're bringing together, for example, broadcasters and uh, feature film commissioners and considering differences between um, television and theatrical uh, spectatorship um, and, and production demands. So, you know, I, I think a lot of theatrical filmmakers are faced with... Um, differing demands of commissioners so uh, you know a theatrical documentary is 80 plus minutes a television mm. is 52 and yes. how do you you know chop and change that who 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 which master are you serving and i think these have very interesting implications for directors producers you know right from the the start how do you how do you anticipate molding your story differently for different uh, 
audiences, you know, mm-hmm. television or theater. Yeah, and as, as, as we discussed earlier, the whole creative aspect to it, or is there a certain visual approach being taken? Is it going to be very cinematic? Is there going to be animation incorporated? How does that affect it as well? So, I mean, someone who's creative, I suppose, could still approach documentary film and not feel that, you know, it's, it's based on real subject matter. So, you know, you're restricted in how you can do it. I mean, there's still kind of a lot of exciting things coming out of documentary at the moment, I guess, is... Yeah. yeah, and I think fundamentally, you, you know, the whole what documentary is looking at these days is what is a documentary? What you know, mm. it does it represent reality? Of course not. You know, it's always going to be distorted through the the, the lens and the selection of the yeah. the director. So of course they are always being creative. Um, maybe not in in the way you might associate with a big budget Hollywood thriller but you know that there is creativity and uh, distortion and making of art in in any kind of documentary um, production and so I think you know audiences love the opportunity to come in and immerse themselves in the form and to think you know on the one hand to think about the content you know I think with documentary filmmaking unlike with feature film audiences very often are 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 content driven they're interested in the underlying story Mm. more often often I think than than in maybe a documentary or in a particular type of production they're interested in the story so they come in for that they love the opportunity to talk about it afterwards so you know many of the films will have q and a's so that engages the audience it's it's a different kind of viewing experience i think to to feature film and we certainly found that you know audiences really you know are looking forward to this um to, to this festival and they just you know lots of people just buy up tickets for the whole weekend and just kind of gorge themselves on on contemporary documentary uh, production so it's it's it really is something to look forward to. Well, thank you very much, uh, Sneva, for joining us. Uh, that was a very enlightening talk. There's lots to look forward to. And check out Bargain Town, but it's another thing. That sounds really interesting. So, Thank you. Everyone should go see that. Great panels, great uh, movies on. Yeah, check out the IFI Documentary Festival.